Attention Patriots, this is the Chris Ann Hall Show. Who's going to stand up? Where are the lovers of liberty? I think that's absurd. It's ridiculous. It's unconstitutional. It's out of control. You think this is over? This isn't over. There's a liberty wave coming. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice. Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com, where we are liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. I know we're a little late getting the show off today, so I hope you will forgive me, but I have been traveling today this is, remember, the 2019 Liberty Tour, and I will be in Dugspur, Virginia tomorrow, and then starting on Wednesday, Tuesday or Wednesday next week. I really have to memorize my calendar one day. <laughs> I will start off being in New York City. So remember, go to chrisannhall.com, click on the calendar, and you will find out the dates, the times, and the subject matters. Don't miss it. If you are able to be there, Please, it really, really is important stuff because once we're an educated people, we can't be duped anymore. We can't be deceived. We can't be controlled. Remember, the driving quote for everything that we do, Liberty First University, Samuel Adams said, no people will tamely surrender their liberties nor be easily subdued when knowledge is diffused and virtue is preserved. He said, but on the contrary, when the people become universally ignorant and debauched in their manners, they will sink underneath their own weight without the aid of foreign invaders. That is what's happening in America. We are not sinking because of invaders coming through Mexico. We have invaders coming through Mexico because we were already sinking. We are not sinking because of the budget crisis because of the national debt we have budget crises we have a national debt because of the universal ignorance of the people these are the symptoms not the disease the disease is the ignorance and so because i'm traveling I get to play reindeer games with the TSA. It's not, how cool is that? It's not even Christmas and we get to play in the reindeer games. So I'm a little just tiffed off right now because of the TSA. And so today's, the beginning of today's show is going to be three or four reasons why the TSA needs to go now. Okay? Reasons. Why? The TSA needs to go now. That's what we're starting off the show with. 
as if there should be any dispute, any, any wonderings of their relationship and their authority and what they're supposed to be doing. It's time to end the security theater as this guy I was standing in line with uh, uh, waiting to board the plane he and I were both talking about the ridiculous nature of the TSA. Let me just start off by telling you the story of how this happened. So, I have an early, early, early morning flight. So, I have to be at the airport in Jacksonville, Florida, by no later than 4.30 in the morning. So, when one would think at 4.30 in the morning that the uh, lines going through TSA would be tolerable, okay? Not only that, you have the separate lines for the pre-check, which I will not do. It's already bad enough that I have to fly, and I'll get into that in a little bit. Pre-check is a separate line, plus you have business class members and people who have reached sort of, you know, the, the preferred customer status kind of thing. I actually have what they call A-list status with Southwest because, you know, when when you're all over the country every other day, you, you, you get, and you fly one airline like we do, we fly Southwest simply because Southwest, in our experience, has the best customer service. They are the most business-friendly uh, uh, business uh, airline out there. If you have an airline ticket that you need to change, even the day of the flight, Southwest will not only help you change that or help you cancel that, and you don't lose any money. You get 100% of what you paid it's either refunded to you or to be put forward in a new purchase. I have not found any other airlines that do that. They have these hidden fees. Plus, Southwest lets you have uh, two bags without extra fees. The other airlines do that. No, don't do that. I know people don't like the fact that, that you don't get an assigned seat, but can I tell you, in, in all of honesty, whenever I get to sit on other airlines, I don't even like the seat I get. At least at Southwest, I can choose my seat. So it's 4.30 in the morning, and because I fly so much, I know how long it takes me to get through TSA in Jacksonville. Even in the crowded times, I know. So I'm, I, I get my bags checked, get my boarding pass, and I'm walking to the TSA security center, and the line coming out of TSA is... I, I don't know. I can't even describe it. If you've never seen the Jacksonville airport, there's a long corridor that, that you walk down. You go down some escalators, and there's a very long corridor that you walk to before you ever get to the security, to the security uh, clearance center. The line was coming out of the security clearance center, backed up all the way to the escalators, and curving around the corner. So... I'm like, wow, this is crazy. This general boarding line really, really stinks. So I walk up to the A-list boarding, which is business class, first class, whatever it is, preferred customer status. And I go up there and the TSA agent 
see, this is the one thing that really irritates me on the TSA agents. They, they immediately have attitude at you. Like, you have no idea what you're doing. And he says, can I help you, ma'am? I'm like, well, I have A-list status. I'm going in. There's a sign on the thing that says A-list. You go in there. And so it says A-list. says A-list on my ticket. I'm, saying, I'm A-list. I'm going in. No, ma'am, you're not going in there. I'm like, okay, I'm not. Why? That's closed today. We've got the dog. We've got the sniffing dogs out. What? It's 4.30 in the stinking morning. You got, you got to play your, your dog games today? I was like, oh, man, you got to be kidding me, which doesn't help his attitude either, right? I said, good job, guys. And I turn around and I go stand in this line, right? And so I'm just really, really irritated because, number one, I already know, constitutionally speaking, that the TSA has no authority to exist, I also know some inner details about the fact that even the act that created the TSA says that they don't have the authority to exist anymore. So I'm, I'm, I'm spewing. I'm, 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 I'm boiling here and I'm not happy and I'm like, oh God. So I know there's people out there, well, Chrisanne, then don't travel, don't fly. That's why I don't fly. I don't fly, we don't teach. Now, remember, the TSA searches are not a violation of your uh, right to be secure in your person because it's a contractual relationship between you and the airline. You contract by buying the ticket with the airline that says you'll do whatever the airport wants you to do in order to get on the plane. That's part of the catch that they get, right? That's how they can get you in those situations. They're not violations of, your, of the Fourth Amendment. They're not violations of your, your person or your property because you contract that away when you buy the plane ticket. So here we are, and I'm like, I'm trying to find the bright side, and I'm thinking, oh, wow, this is really great. I'm glad those dogs have a job. <laughs> and then, and then the 30 seconds of the, the, the inner wisdom in my mind is saying, Chris, don't say that out loud. Chris, please don't say that out loud. But the whole time I'm thinking, man, I wish I would just say out loud, boy, I sure am glad those dogs have a job. <sighs> Nonetheless. So this is why you get the show, reasons why the TSA should not exist. So if you're watching on YouTube right now, which I hope you are, and if you're not, I hope you go back and look on YouTube to the show, because I have, I will have up here text to substantiate everything that I'm about to say to you. So you know I'm not making this stuff up. So the Transportation Security Administration was created pursuant to the Aviation and Transportation Security Act, November 19th, 2001, enacted by the 107th United States Congress in the immediate aftermath of the September 11, 2001 attacks. The Aviation and Transportation Security Act created the Transportation Security Administration, TSA. Okay. Why should this agency not exist? Number one, because the Constitution does not authorize the federal government to have a transportation security agency that operates within our private airports, within our states. Simply doesn't. It is not an enumerated power. 
It is not a defined power. Why is that? Why do we know that to be true? Why does that even matter? Well, because the people who ratified the Constitution said it's matter. it matters. James Madison wrote in Federalist 45, the powers delegated by the proposed Constitution to the federal government are few and defined. Madison's saying we made a list. He says they are war, peace, negotiation, and foreign commerce, to which the latter will be tied to taxation to pay for the federal government. The federal government is supposed to be almost entirely paid off of foreign commerce, not from your pockets. So we made a specific list. Alexander Hamilton wrote in Federal State 3, an affirmative grant of special powers would be absurd as well as useless if a general authority was intended. Limited and defined does not include searching us in the airports. Liberty's lobbyist Chris Ann Hall has now taken control. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here. If you want to know more about why the TSA is not technically violating the Fourth Amendment, remember you can always enroll as a student in Liberty First University. I want to recommend that everybody who listens to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal uh, enroll to be a student at Liberty First University, and then you will understand why I say what I say and the background, because we can't possibly get into the details that we have that we need to, right? This is 38 minutes, and I already get people complaining that it's too long, okay? So there's no way that I'm not going to be, I'm going to be able to go into the in-depth uh, explanations of the Fourth Amendment, the federal government, and all of this. We're going to talk about the TSA today. So the TSA, created by the Aviation and Transportation Security Act in 2001 because Americans freaked out because the towers fell, screaming to the government, keep us safe, keep us safe, keep us safe, and guess what? That's why you have security theater now in the airports. And I say to you it's security theater because that's what it is. Do you know if you have a private jet, you don't have to go through TSA? Do you know you can load anything you want on a private jet and you won't be checked? That's why it's security theater. Because if somebody really wanted to be a terrorist... All they would have to do is get some private jets. And the TSA is not there. It's TSA theater. It is theater to make you, so that you see them. So you see all of this act. You know, we're going to walk our dogs around and we're going to order you around and we're going to be obnoxious and, and demanding and controlling and authoritative because we're here to keep you safe. Now I'm not... I have met really nice TSA agents. That doesn't change the fact that the Constitution does not authorize the existence of this agency. Period. So reason number one the TSA needs to go? It's not authorized. It is an unconstitutional agency. And you can't tell me, oh, but Chris Ann, the Commerce Clause and interstate commerce. No, I'm sorry. That doesn't apply here. 
It does not, because that's not what the Commerce Clause means. You have to go to Liberty First University and understand that, or go to chrisannhall.com and read uh, James Madison's words during the cod fishery bill debate and his explanation of these phrases being not power, but something else entirely different. And can we just go back to Alexander Hamilton's words, the, the big government guy's words? An affirmative grant of special powers would be absurd as well as useless if a general authority was intended. If we specifically enumerated their powers and then threw boilerplate clauses in that say, oh, well, the federal government can do whatever they interpret their power to be as long as they can interpret it out of these clauses, then, hey, then go for it. That's what we meant when we wrote it. No, it's not. As a matter of fact, not just Hamilton, but many of them called it over and over and over again an absurdity. Reason number two, the TSA should not exist. The Transportation Act eliminated them. Yes, the very act that created the TSA in 2001 said that on the last day of the third year period, beginning on the date of the enactment of this section, the TSA doesn't even have to exist anymore. Three years after 2001, November 19th, every airport has the authority by this act to kick the TSA out and hire private screening. The operator of the airport may elect to continue to have such screening carried out by the screening personnel of a qualified private screening company. Isn't that interesting? A qualified private... So you don't need TSA there. The very act that created the TSA gives the airports the opportunity to elect to get rid of federal government agents and hire in private security private security by the way that has uh has a business model private security by the way who is limited in its authority it is not operating under the color of law with the force of government which would have a customer service kind of perspective or concern would have a concern about keeping up the uh, business of the airlines and the airports that are actually hiring them two reasons i got more stick with me Can't learn the easy way, you'll learn the hard way. Chris Ann Hall, she's Liberty's lobbyist. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. James Otis Jr., the midwife to Liberty, as those who would be our Liberty movement referred to him, the pioneer of our right to be secure in our person's houses, papers, and effects. The pioneer against illegal searches and seizures said, I have nothing to hide, but I have everything to secure. 
He called warrantless searches and seizures the worst instruments of arbitrary power, the most destructive of English liberty ever found in an English law book. Now, I know I just told you these are not violations of our Fourth Amendment. But they are violations of our Constitution as a whole and our personal liberty intact because, number one, the TSA does not constitutionally exist. And number two, the very act that created the TSA created an election clause that three years after the TSA is created, the airports don't have to have them anymore. They can go with private companies. Do you know that we had some air, airports that tried to do that? I think the most famous one is, is the airport in Texas in which the Department of Homeland Security and the TSA and the Department of Justice and the FFA all ganged together and threatened to make Texas a no-fly zone if they opted out of the TSA and went to a private agency. And the governor of Texas and the airline backed down. Even though the law authorized them to do that, they backed down. Reason number three comes from a picture. Oh, wrong one. Reason number three comes from a picture that I snapped while standing in line this morning listening to the TSA bark orders at people at 4.30 in the morning making the entire uh, making the entire travel experience as as uh, uncomfortable as inconvenient as obnoxious as possible. I totally believe that to be the decision. I, I believe it's intentional to make those long lines because they're trying to drive everybody through the uh, pre-check process. Why? Because you got to pay the federal government $100 to go through the pre-check and then you sign away your rights to the federal government. You give them unfettered, unwarranted access to all of your financial documents, to all of your personal property documents, to all of your internet activity, to all of your emails. See, even the federal government knows they don't have the legal authority to collect all your stuff. They know that. That's why Jay Johnson was, was ticked off at Apple for not creating them a back door. Because they know they don't have the authority to just go take it. So they're always trying to devise ways to get us to voluntarily give it up. And the crazy thing is, we are, people are paying the federal government for the privilege of the theft of their, of their, of their rights and their privacies and their property. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Even if it means I have to stand in line for two days, I am never going to voluntarily give them permission to search and seize anything without a warrant. I've got nothing to hide, but I have everything to preserve. And most of it has to do with the rights of my son. So here I am standing in line 
and I see this sign. And you guys know that I practiced First Amendment law for several years. So immediately, as you see here on YouTube, what I have underlined in red on this sign, that wasn't underlined when I snapped the picture, I underlined it afterwards. Immediately, immediately insulted my sensibilities. Kicked me right in the liberty first. Thank you for your patience, the sign says, as we carry out security procedures designed for your safety and required by law. You already know that's a lie. Their presence is no longer required by law. Their presence now is contrary to law because they are forcing themselves on these airports. So they're not required by law to do anything. They are required by law to get out. To get out 16 years ago. Designed for our safety. It's nothing to do with our safety. It's nothing but a safety theater. A security theater. Nothing at all. Of, of all the incidents that happen, they all happen because somebody already went through TSA. I'm sorry. Except for, you know, the 2001 stuff, right? To, and then it goes here. To mention, by the way, no mention of the Constitution in this little sign. I mean, they could have just said Article blah, 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 Article 1, blah, blah, Section blah, Clause blah. Nothing. Not even those three words and numbers. And it goes on to say, to protect the safety of our transportation security officers and other individuals carrying out security functions, threats, verbal abuse, or violence of any kind will not be tolerated. So is that threats of any kind will not be tolerated? Verbal abuse of any kind will not be tolerated? Or is that phrase just violence of any time, of any kind, will not be tolerated? I will tell you whether the how the grammar is interpreted by me is irrelevant because what's going to happen is, is it's going to be interpreted by the agent back there because he has such arbitrary, unlimited power that he can interpret my words to be verbal abuse. And what the heck does that mean anyway? With the ultimatum, will not be tolerated. Can I tell you? Reason number three, this is a completely and totally unconstitutional demand on the people. Morally, maybe you have a reason to be uh, not verbally abusive. Whatever that means. If I just say, man, I sure am glad those dogs have a job. Is that verbal abuse? Colt and I, actually, were going through TSA one time, and I was giving him a hard time about something because, um, because my bag got double-screened because I had a bag of almonds in my backpack that set off their alarm. And Colton was standing there, you know, poking me and going, Nah, nah, you forgot a bottle of water. You're, you're, a, you're a, an, uh, an amateur traveler. We're always giving each other trouble about being an amateur traveler, right? You, gonna go the you don't know how to go through TSA. You got caught with a bottle of water. And I looked at him and I said, Colton, I, I said, it's not a bottle of water. It's a bag of almonds for Pete's sakes. 
And the TSA lady looked at me and said, excuse me, what did you just say? And I said, excuse me, I wasn't even talking to you. So I mentioned that it's a bag of almonds and not a bottle of water. And now this lady thinks I'm verbally abusing her. Do you see how this is self-interpretation works when there is no guidance and no limitation and no deference or consideration to constitution or the rights of the people at all? Let's just look at these rights of the people because what they're going to talk about probably these things called fighting words. Fighting words is a term that was coined in a 1942, or not maybe not coined, but defined in a 1942 case by the Supreme Court called Chaplinsky v. New Hampshire. And the court, the majority opinion wrote in 1942 that fighting word, that, that words that are not included in the protection of the First Amendment include lewd and obscene, the profane, the libelous, and the insulting or fighting words, those which by their very utterance inflict injury or tend to incite an immediate breach of peace. Now, this is 1942, mind you. This definition of words not included in the First Amendment has changed, right? So you can wipe off obscene now. You can wipe off lewd and profane because... Being offended is not, uh, being free from offense is not a right. I am free to offend you. And the Supreme Court has finally understood that the freedom of speech does not, uh, has no bounds, as Benjamin Franklin said, unless you harm or control the right of another. Which includes the libelous, the slander, and the fighting words. Let's be very clear. Fighting words are words by their very utterance that inflict injury or tend to incite an immediate breach of the peace. Not saying, I'm glad that dog has a job. Not saying, this is absolutely ridiculous. Not saying, they're almonds for Pete's sakes, not a bottle of water. Those words... Do not inflict injury, nor do they tend to incite an immediate breach of the peace. Now, they might increase the blood pressure of the TSA agent. They might make, me, make them think, I am uncooperative, but that is not the standard for my speech. Now, I want to point out to you this thing about fighting words, because fighting words are words between you and me, not between me and the government. Because if you are working for the government, even the Supreme Court has said you have a higher standard of conduct, which means that you have to have a thicker skin. The Supreme Court says, contrary to the city's consent tension, the First Amendment protects a significant amount of verbal criticism and challenge directed at police officers. The court concluded that the ordinance criminalizes a substantial amount of constitutionally protected speech and accords the police unconstitutional discretion in enforcement. So when we come back, we'll talk about this higher standard. I'm a long, long way from 
We're talking about the unlawful sign, this unconstitutional sign that you may see as you go through TSA to protect the safety of our transportation security officers and other individuals carrying out security functions, threats, verbal abuse of any kind will not be tolerated. Well, I'm sorry. The Supreme Court disagrees with you and has disagreed with you since, oh, I don't know, since B, uh, Arthur V. Or Terminello v. City of Chicago, since Cohen v. California, since Lewis v. New Orleans, since the City of Houston versus Hill, that's, by the way, the city of Houston versus Hill. Supreme Court says, contrary to the city's contention, the First Amendment protects a significant amount of verbal criticism and challenge directed at police officers. Do you catch that? If our police officers can be subject to a significant amount of verbal criticism and challenge, ought not the TSA agents... You've got uh, Martilla v. City of Lynchburg, which is a lower court opinion, which says the First First Amendment requires properly trained police officers to exercise a higher degree of restraint when confronted by disorderly conduct and abusive language. The situation may be different where such words were addressed to a police officer trained to exercise a higher degree of restraint than the average citizen. If our police officers are required to exercise a higher degree of restraint than the average citizen, what should be the higher standard for those in the federal government? I mean, I'm, I'm serious. What is this? The Supreme Court says that you can't, you can't stop somebody from criticizing. The court concluded that the ordinance criminalized a substantial amount of constitutionally protected speech and accords the police unconstitutional discretion in enforcement. Is that not the very description of verbal abuse of any kind will not be tolerated? I mean, look at those words, of any kind will not be tolerated. What is the purpose of such a sign? It's just intimidation, pure and simple. In First Amendment law, we call that chilling. What are they trying to chill? They're trying to chill the very things that our First Amendment is there to protect. First Amendment's not there to protect me in my ability to criticize you. The First Amendment's not there to protect me in my ability to criticize my neighbor. The First Amendment is there to remind the government that I have an unfettered ability, I have an unfettered right, a natural right, to criticize my government. And that's not just the President of the United States. Thank you very much. That's not just my congressman. That's anyone who is acting in the agency of government. That includes the TSA. 
Number one, they do not constitutionally exist. Number two, the Transportation Act eliminated the necessity of their services in 2004. And number three, their threats are completely offensive to every terminology of liberty that you can come up with. That's the only reason that sign is there, is to intimidate you. I want to find out why the, the, the ACLU, they're, they're, they're big First Amendment people. Why is the ACLU not brought a case against this sign? According to the Supreme Court precedent that they love so much, this is a clear no-brainer. This is abuse. To threaten the American people. You cannot criticize us because we have the arbitrary authority to define what verbal abuse means and we have the physical and governmental authority to say we will not tolerate it. No, I'm sorry. You put on that badge and you work for the government. You have a requirement to tolerate it. And if you can't tolerate it, you need to go to work for someone else because I have a right to challenge and verbally criticize those in government. God bless you guys.